Let's talk about some of these small businesses in Vancouver that are struggling here in this economy, especially when you have things like vandalism. And we have talked to store owners, restaurant owners who have had their windows smashed over and over again. It just keeps happening. The costs for this just keep piling up. And this is a serious burden on a lot of businesses, including Finch's Tea House in Vancouver. Very, very popular at West Pender and Homer Street. Been there nearly 20 years. I've got owner Cheryl Matthews standing by to discuss the situation there. Let's have a listen to this report. This is Global News reporter Elisa Tebow. Have a listen. From the street, a large wooden panel covers Finch's Tea House, blocking a newly broken window. On Saturday afternoon, somebody smashed it. Someone was just walking along the street and he stopped, smashed the window, and dude just kept on walking. Yeah, dude just kept on walking, smashed the window, and just keep going on on their way. Let's check in with Cheryl Matthew here. You heard her voice there at the end of that report. Cheryl is the owner and operator of Finch's Tea House, and I'm very pleased to welcome her. Cheryl, thank you for coming on today. Hey, you're welcome. Good morning. I appreciate it a lot. Tell me a little bit about Finch's Tea House there. You've been at 20 years, right? That's great. <laughs> yeah, it opened, two of us opened it in 2004. Wow. It was spontaneous, and we built 90-odd percent of it with our own hands, just on money I'd saved working. And uh, people liked it, and we've stuck around, and now it's been almost 20 years. Yeah, that's that's wonderful, because I know that running any type of a restaurant or a cafe Boy, that, that is tough. I mean, you've got narrow margins there you've got to deal with and a lot of costs, so congratulations on that. So, Cheryl, let's talk about the challenges you're facing here. Tell me about these broken windows. Like, How many times have your windows been smashed there? Well, over the years, usually you get maybe one or two window breaks a year. Some years you get none if you're lucky. Uh, and at worst, I think one year I had four. But I, in the last 18 months, there's been nine broken windows. Oh, man. And, yeah, some of them happen in the daytime now. Usually broken windows are at 2.30 in the morning kind of situation. It's uh, when the bars let out. Oh. And that has more to do with it than anything. But, yeah, now there's starting to be, there's just more, just really people having such a hard time yeah. uh, in Vancouver and all over, and it makes people desperate and they lash out so we've yeah. had people breaking windows in the daytime and when we're open so there's this one where he just walked by on saturday afternoon to smash the window it's someone we've never seen before don't have any connection to and just kept walking having i'm sure a terrible day uh last year someone from the middle of the intersection threw an apple it went through our front door window and like all the way across the restaurant and it was yeah and it was full. So th- this guy, this guy who smashed the window the other day, and then just kept walking. Like, did how did he smash the window? Did he just punch it, or how did he did he have something in his hand to know. smash it? Yeah. It's a huge window. I don't even yeah. know how big. I mean, it's all. It's probably like eight foot wide, and most of that high. It's not that yeah. easy to break. But I don't know if he did it with his elbow or if he had something heavy in his hand. Yeah. Uh, and my, you know, it's just not a good idea. And staff aren't encouraged to. <laughs> They went out the door and got a picture of him, and police went looking for him, but no sign. Okay. Okay, and is there any indication, like, 
you know, you, why something like this is happening? You have been mentioning people get out of the bars, like it was just drunk people just causing mayhem after they spill out of the bar. Is that one of the explanations? Yeah, it's like yeah. street fights. If you remove alcohol, you remove most of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's mostly, yeah, I think it's just mostly that. People, um, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, just just alcohol-fueled and street fights, and I've had people say they've witnessed it, just people having little altercations and or falling into the windows or, ta- you know, pushing someone into the windows, or I guess the odd time being angry and just smashing something on their way home. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of aggression that often comes with alcohol, and then there's just a boat. Then there's a lot of graffiti as well. You know, a common one that it's funny. Shop owners know it really well, and most of your listeners will have no idea what this is. But as soon as you notice it, like go through Chinatown, go through anywhere in the downtown east side, yeah. uh, is a thing called acid etching. Do you know what that is? Acid etching? Uh-huh. No, no. What is that? All right, so there's like some kind of industrial acid, and it's apparently it's quite easy to get. I wish it was banned. If somebody did the numbers on how much it costs uh, to deal with it, I'm sure they'd, I hope they would control it more. Uh, it's a, you paint it on windows, and uh, whoever tags people into graffiti but who aren't very good at it use it with a paintbrush, and they tag it on windows. And it eats into the acid, eats into the glass, and there's no getting it off. Oh. Like, that's it. It's etched glass. Like if you saw a decorated thing where the glass is etched, you can't undo that. Yeah. So there's nothing, and it dribbles all down the window. It's the it's the it's very lame graffiti, and it destroys your window. And oh, once you notice it, you'll just see it everywhere. Yeah. No, I'm just googling it here as as we're as we are speaking here, Cheryl, and I see exactly what you mean. I have seen this now, and yeah, you do see this a lot. So, what has this happened at your place? Oh, just just just. <laughs> I think I repaired a window or painted a couple of years ago, and some somebody came along and did that on two windows, and I was so disappointed. And then I came back the next day, and they'd done the rest of the windows. Oh, great. Yeah, what, what do you do so in that then, case? Do you have to replace the window at that point? You have to replace the window or oh. live with this terrible looking. And then once one does it, uh, others will come by and do it yeah. Yeah. To, to add to it. So if you don't clean it up, it tends to just draw more yeah. of the same. And then there's the issue of glass insurance. So I don't know what all small, other small businesses do, even though, you know, Finches, like some, we, <laughs> we have floor-to-ceiling windows, right? So that's kind of a problem. Uh, I don't know if other people have glass insurance added to their regular window insurance or added to their regular insurance. But in my case, I've done the numbers, and it was more expensive to have the glass insurance than the average cost of broken windows over the years. Yeah, like well, a lot a, more. A lot it was of like other twenty five hundred bucks or something. Yes, uh, and some of the other business owners I've spoke to on this point will say that the insurance company at some point too will will stop to stop paying because if it happens repeatedly, so they just end up paying out of their own pocket. So Cheryl, let me ask you about the. I know you guys are going through some tough times there, and tell me about your GoFundMe now because you've actually asked your customers to help out. So what is? Tell me about that. What is the appeal here for your GoFundMe? <clears throat> Well, in a sense, you don't want to do it because you don't want to ask. And honestly, it's it's kind of embarrassing. But you, 
it's just been such a challenging few years, and there's places that I love, and we all do, in the places that we live. And some of my favorite places have closed down. Yeah. You know, my favorite restaurant, my favorite grocery store. And they were at it for decades. They were great at it. But I think it's... Uh, Especially a lot of people who were already running really efficiently, who had small margins, who aren't huge chains that maybe have more room to play with, uh, have gotten pushed out by COVID and not wanting that to happen to Finches. It's just been a lot of things from COVID to inflation, both my buildings sold, which is another way we lose a lot of businesses in Vancouver. And I've just been trying so hard at it for it honestly to a lot of us who work in food and i'm so glad that the pandemic has mostly passed in its effects although it's really had such an impact on people and our habits and our just generally but um i think for a lot of people who work in food particularly and i'm sure a few other industry in kind of industries it just still feels like march 2020 yeah you know, yeah, like are you, then are hasn't you, uh, ended for us. We, I've spent the whole last three years trying to stabilize things. That's all I've done. And how, what sort of desperate situation are you in right now? Like, are you possibly being forced to possibly go out of business here or shut down? It's more just thinking, like, how many more years, you know, yeah. to have, like, to lose two-thirds of your income and just have it go this direction you know, how it is for so many small business people in Vancouver, CFIB, uh, right, Canadian Federation of Independent Business Debts, it's average small business debts over 100000 from this situation that we didn't have before COVID. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's more I will do my best, and any help that I can get will help us stick around. Yeah, I'm just checking out the GoFundMe right now, $9,218 raised so far. How much do you think you need in order to hang in there? Well, 9000 is a huge morale boost. It's great, and it's really helpful. And it all goes just straight to the debt. I know it's so boring, but the Canada Revenue Agency is the only ones that couldn't wait. If you don't pay your suppliers, you'll just go out of business. If you don't pay your utilities, you'll go out of business, right? If you don't pay your insurance, you can't. There's just only there's only so many things you can, you know. How much are you in debt? Oh, like ninety thousand. Ninety thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And whatever portion of it, it's just hard to see with small. Like everyone's in food, our costs have all gone so far up and our customer base is often down and especially downtown Vancouver where I think 20% of offices are still cleared out compared to pre-COVID. And things take a long time to build up, you know, in our case, like 17 years until COVID. And see all your costs and the scale of everything scale up with that. And then we were closed for six months and followed everything the government, I think, well-intentioned were trying to do, but it's just had such a huge after-effect on so many of us that have this huge debt that we didn't cause. You know, we didn't get anything for it. Usually to have that kind of debt, you have to do something to cause it, right? Make yeah. bad decision, uh, run your business poorly, gamble. I don't know. I'm, I've been trying to think of... <laughs> but. You know how you don't usually get this landing on you. And if people can imagine, like, how long it takes them to pay for, you know, their student loans or their kids' student loans or to save this for a down payment, I mean, years and years and years. And we didn't cause this. We just cooperated with everything. 
Okay. And well, the countries, Cheryl, I, apparently, just a little side note, you know, I don't know if people yeah. have heard, the countries that did best with COVID were where people cooperated the most, you know? Cheryl, I wish you the best. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I, I hope you're able to weather this storm here, and because I know a lot of people love your, your restaurant. Thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.